What's up, everybody? This is Elliot Terrell, and you're listening to Magical Thinking. Our guest for this episode is Franco Pascali. I'm sure you've seen Franco. He's done stuff for Art of Magic, and he currently works for Theory 11. He's been making a name for himself in the magic and cardistry communities for several years, and he performs in and around Hollywood and does a really killer show at the Magic Castle. Franco's young, he's 19, and he is quick to acknowledge he's still learning and that his opinions may change, but he's doing a really good job, he's got great taste, and we talk about stuff that young guys think about when they're doing well in magic. Imposter syndrome is a big thing that we touch on a lot in this episode because it's something that we both suffer from. We also talk about the drive that it takes to do this kind of work and the burnout that comes along with it. Franco has a great sense of style, and we talk about that as well, and I do quite a bit of bloviating about style and fashion and presenting yourself and trying to create a cohesive whole. <laughs> so, enjoy that. I certainly did. Anyway, this was a lot of fun, and I want you to get into it as soon as possible. As always, follow us on the social media channels and join the newsletter at artofmagic.com. We're going to be relaunching the website next month. I know I said it was going to be sooner than that, but... It looks like it's really going to end up being early June, mid-June, probably. But it's going to be amazing, you guys. It's so awesome. I'm really looking forward to it. So keep up with us on social media. Especially follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook and join the Facebook group. So I'm doing a new thing. I just launched a Patreon. If you don't know what that is, go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash magical thinking. Patreon is a crowdfunding platform that allows you to donate to your favorite artists and creators every month to help them make the thing that you love. And so I started one for this podcast. Magical Thinking is going to remain free, so you don't have to worry about that. But if you're so inclined, you can donate to support the show. Get better equipment, get on the road and travel, make cool merch, all kinds of stuff. I really, it's open-ended. It could be anything, and I'm looking forward to discovering what it could be together. Because it is a monetary transaction, I would expect you would want something in return. So, I am providing uh, just fun, cool thoughts. It's it's a personal thing. Uh, I'm doing this for myself. You may not know, but I have been doing the show basically on my own and out of my own pocket because I think it's important and I think it's something that magic needs. Uh, but doesn't necessarily deserve. (laughs) Uh, But I've been doing it for myself. So this is a way to continue doing that and make it sustainable and keep this this thing ad-free and growing. So you'll get extra audio content, behind-the-scenes stuff. You can get my style tips and techniques and recommendations. Or you can do a Google Hangout or a Skype with me. And, you know, that's a cool thing that we could do. Anyway, head to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash magical thinking. Check it out. Become a patron. I'm super excited about it. I really think it's going to be awesome. And this weekend, I'm heading to Dallas for the Pebble Palooza convention. And I'm looking forward to getting some cool stuff for the Patreon while I'm there. So, enough about that. I want you to get into Franco's episode. It's great. There's a lot of conversation about what it means to be a magician and how to do it the way that we think is pretty good. Anyway, Franco Pascali, enjoy. Because you, you should. Testing, we're here with uh, Magical Thinking and Elliot Terrell. Um, so, Elliot, uh, I have a series of questions here for you. Please, fire away. Um, where did you buy this coffee? 
Uh, I bought this coffee at Intelligentsia in Silver Lake. Great. Let's find the new place. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So whenever, whenever you're ready. Oh, we're doing it. It's it's on. That's not in it. Doing it. Yeah. That's in it. Oh fuck, we're so loud already. <laughs> I love the coffee, by the way. I was joking. Thank you. Um. Yeah. So we're doing it. Okay. What do you think so far? Are we doing okay? Uh, I like how clean your place is. Thanks. <laughs> and I already complimented it, so yeah, you I'm just going to say it again here. Well, I think we're done. <laughs> That's all I need. Thank you, Franco, for being on the show. Sweet. Uh, yeah, so you were telling me a cool thing before we started that I don't know if you can talk about, but it makes me wonder like, what you consider your brand to be. Oh. Um, definitely something I'm still figuring out. Yeah. But you had to think about it a lot, right? Yeah. I would imagine that you do because I think about my brand a lot and I don't even know what it is yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, there's a, there's, there's a lot that I think about for sure. Um, well, I think what Elliot's was referring to is um, I'm going to collab with uh, a shoe company called Bushemi and we're just going to make a little video. I'm not... Model. I mean, I guess I am modeling for them, but not because they're like, oh, this kid's beautiful. They just, uh, he likes cardistry. So I, we're going to do a cardistry video together, like wearing all the clothes and stuff. But um, I want to brand, I don't know. I like, I like being young for sure. Like I like that look of like, I'm a young magician. Mm-hmm. And I also want to stay away from the animated young character that we see as vloggers a lot on YouTube. Mm-hmm. That's really all I know. Um, the rest is just me having fun and trying to not be cheesy or... Yeah. Well, we have, I like, I, I think that as young people in Magic, we are literally the ones carrying the torch forward. And mm-hmm. we have such a huge responsibility to shape what Magic will become. And I think you hit it right on the money. Is Magic is fucking cheesy yeah. to a lot of people. Yeah. And like, I saw you at the castle. I'd never seen you perform, like, for real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was blown away. Why? I was like, holy fucking shit. He's so good. Oh, thanks, dude. I was totally unprepared yeah. uh, for how, first of all, how tight your show was mm. and how powerful it was. I was really impressed. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah. So, what, okay, how did, where did you develop your sense of taste? Because then that'll arch into. Mm. Clothes and brand and magic. And taste? Stuff. Yeah, taste. Because you have good taste. For magic? No, just in general. In general? Yeah. Oh, like fashion-wise? Yeah. Um, I think um, I got really into like street clothing uh-huh. um, because uh, before I really got heavy into magic, which was about, that was like 13-ish when I really was like, okay, I'm going to practice every day. Let's go crazy with this. I, I skated a lot uh, around that time, so I kind of dressed like a skater, like buying you know Supreme stuff or Diamond at the time. And uh, eventually, I it, it's kind of like weird, but I felt like it, in in Los Angeles, all the kids are wearing the same stuff. Yeah. So in a way, I just kind of wanted to not wear the same stuff, and then I was just kind of like, well, I don't really skate anymore. Like I got to stop buying like these Nike skateboarding shoes and these you know whatever. That's about it. I just kind of slowly got into uh into that you know dressing a little differently i guess and yeah for magic i think i think a lot definitely about how people see you when you're performing and what you look like because that is what they're going to judge you on right um especially when they don't have anything else so first five seconds 
first five seconds for sure definitely yeah. the first five seconds yeah so what do people see when they look at you what do you think they see what do you want them to what do i i don't what's know the what perception yeah. you want them to have man these are some good questions my i don't know what perception i want them to have but i i know that you know what perception you don't want them to have right like you don't want them to view you as cheesy you don't right want them to see you as i also like, don't want them to be like oh who's this like kid because I look young, I look, I mean, I mean, I'm 19, but some people think I look younger, but I just, uh, people don't want to see a kid do a magic show, <laughs> you know, nobody wants to do that. Yeah. Even though, especially at the castle, it's hard at night, right? These people are drinking and then they're presented with the, you know, the youngest person they've seen all night. They're just like, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I just want everybody to have a good time and not feel threatened. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So what what do you do what do you do to get ready for a show when you're performing whether that be at the castle or when you're walking around? Yeah, walking around is really different, but for the castle, mm, for the castle, it's a bit easier for me because uh, they open up like the brunch dates to the junior members. So a lot of times I'm in the close up gallery early Saturday and Sunday. And when you're doing that, you literally do like six shows back to back because like there's not really show times like this supposed to be. But in reality, the floor manager, Kate, who's the sweetest, she just like shoves as many people into a room as possible. So you end up doing like six shows. So that for me is like where I test any material that I plan to put in my evening X. Mm -hmm. So that normally runs really smoothly for me. So I just pick a couple routines and even in two brunch dates, I already did it 12 times for real audiences. And it's like a good taste on how it should go. Yeah. So. I change up my act a lot, but it's more or less one or two pieces at a time. Mm -hmm. So normally my shows are like four tricks, four or five tricks. So maybe I'll change one to two at a time. So a lot of it is stuff I've been doing for a really long time because of that. Um, yeah, I have not really done a completely brand new show in a while, but I don't think, I think many people don't. I yeah. think it's, I think a lot of people do what I'm saying. Um, but I'm always <clears throat> trying to find material. Like, I do want to do everything. Like, I want to do a stage set. You know, I'd love to do that. Yeah. Which I don't have, right? I have, a, I have a good parlor set, but it's different to do it for 100 people than for 400. Yeah. Very different. But, yeah. <laughs> well, I was just writing down, like, uh, there's not really... When you were talking about most people changing their set one or two tricks at a time is hard for us as magicians because it has to be you have to fool somebody mm -hmm. even if it's not good like you have to meet oh, that baseline i was of being just deceptive. talking about that last night that's yeah. so funny that you said that <clears throat> you have to at least fool them yeah and we all know that a lot of times um, you could do the exact same show, like you're presenting everything in the exact same way and you've scripted everything nicely, even up to like the, some fake impromptu moments that you've added into the show. You could be performing at the same level all week and like, I don't know, one in five shows, it's still a chance that you'll get kind of like an audience that's like, eh, whatever. Yeah. But you got to know that at least you deceived them, that you mm -hmm. fooled them, right? Yeah. Because, uh, you know, some people... I don't even, not even that I really have like names, like, oh, I hate like these people. But like, you know, there are a lot of... Who are they? Who are they? <laughs> who are they? <laughs> but, you know, there are some magicians that uh, have a character in order to be funny. Mm -hmm. um, and it's... Try to be funny. Try to be funny, right? <laughs> um, if you're going to shit on somebody, yeah. Franco, just do it. No, no, I'm really, I'm really not. I'm really not. I'm just saying, like, if you decide to go that route, you have to understand that it's more likely for people to have different tastes in 
a comedic character mm -hmm. than to have different tastes in magic because their kind of default setting should be that they're going to like whatever magic you have to offer them because people don't necessarily have a taste in magic. So if you're playing this character and they end up not liking it, um, I mean, you better hope that your magic's good. Yeah. But that's not always the case, right? Especially if you're relying on the character. Yeah. Just funny. Good. What does that even mean? Well, yeah, I know what you mean. That <laughs> I, do, I don't know what a magic trick should be, but I have decided that one of the elements should be that it's fooling. I don't know how important <laughs> that is. I don't know. I'm too young for that. Although, talk to me in 20 years. But I do think it should be at least fooling. Yeah. I know that much. Yeah, yeah. Or I think I know that much. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I yeah. guess that's the that's the delineation between a trick and a gag. Right? Mm. It's like it can be yeah. funny or entertaining yeah. and be deceptive and it's yeah. a magic trick. If it's not deceptive and people understand how you yeah. did it and why you did it, then it becomes a gag, right? Yeah. I guess. I like gags though. Yeah. I like gags. You know, one of my favorite gags is hug kill. Yeah. Right? And uh, that was a really, it was a weird thing for me because when I saw it, um, I saw um, Stuart from Barry and Stuart, Stuart McCloy, McLeod, McLeod, yeah, Stuart McLeod, which was hilarious, by the way. Uh, he he did a, a parlor set, and he's very much that funny character, and it totally works. He's very funny, and uh, he did that, and I thought it, he came up with it, so I was really excited. I'm like, dude, this guy's the dude. That joke was so, funny. and then I realized that a lot of people are, are doing it as well, which is totally fine. Yep. But it just kind of sucked for me because I just <laughs> it seems like very original like i'm sure any audience that sees you do that bit will assume you came up with it right mm -hmm. um yeah really cool well how do you put your own original spin on something because a, a, a trick like that specifically that trick yeah uh i don't know when you saw stewart do that trick but i think in the states yeah Zabrecki kind of has that yeah trick, yeah you know? no like, correct he didn't come up with correct. that but you see him do it and you're like nobody else can pull yeah. that off and anyone who tries yeah. to is just doing a disservice so, to magic so the best version of that trick for me is Justin Willman, mm -hmm. and he doesn't use hug kill. He does something. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I don't want to talk. Do, I don't want to. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't want to ruin the gag for anybody. Hopefully, you'll be able to see it live. But I think Justin Willman has the funniest wording for that trick. But he also has a method um, uh, that is fooling mm -hmm. as well. So when people pick the number, it's almost impossible to backtrack how you made them name the number because he doesn't roll a die or he doesn't miscall anything he just says name a number and then goes into it man it's, that's funny <laughs> it is really funny it's yeah. really funny but that's again that's like you you've changed you you haven't changed the trick but you've changed the effect yeah that right mm -hmm. i think that's that's important for people to think about and to understand when they're quote unquote i'm using air quotes guys yeah. uh creating their own magic it's mm -hmm. like it, you know What's the effect? Not what is the trick that you're doing. What's the effect? Yeah. Uh, and then how do you then approach that in a way that's original? Because you can do... I mean, there are only so many tricks. Of course. Right? Yeah. There are only so many tricks. Yeah. Despite what people like myself would have you believe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as far as uh, my... Yeah, I had, to, I had to add a spin to it. Um, I don't know. There are a lot of routines I do uh, that are basically... Well, maybe that's not true. Yeah, I mean, uh, what you say will just make something feel original, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, but again, with card tricks, it's kind of uh, really easy to change the methods a little bit and like kind of call it your own. So it's kind of unfair to say that, right? Because it's really not, I think in all the areas, it's probably the easiest to get a card trick you like, change it and say, oh, here's my variation. Mm -hmm. Because I realize more and more when people are showing me tricks, 
it always begins with here's my variation of nobody even just shows you the trick anymore they're just like here's my version of i'm like okay i was just at a magic gathering yeah and um somebody was like oh my friend has a my friend has a trick that he wants you to to see yeah Uh, and i was like okay and so he takes me to the guy and the guy's like oh okay well here's what i'm gonna do and i'm like no 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 just show me the trick right just do the trick yeah it's like why why i you know what it is i think i think when we're doing tricks for magicians and i'm guilty of this too it's like uh please be kind to me here's what i'm gonna do Uh, this uh, it's not it's not that great yet it's not finished it's like we don't just own it it's like we have the gall to go out and perform this for people that don't know better Mm -hmm. but we can't show it to somebody who does know better like we're also meek and yeah with our tail between our legs and i'm guilty of that as well you know but it's like we just need to own what we do absolutely i'm super guilty of that um and it's uh it's sometimes it's because the way it's presented to you will make you either like or not like the trick. Mm-hmm. Like that's totally the case. You know, maybe somebody, if you just explain the method, they might not like it and then they'll see you do it live and they'll like it. Mm-hmm. I guess it's just kind of based off of <clears throat> um, what, when I'm jamming, I try to um, get uh, like, I, I just it, like a lot of time I'm just explaining methods just to like see if they also think it will work. Mm-hmm. Right. And then that makes you want to go do it live. So yeah. it's like, oh, I came up with this method. Like, do you think that like that'll work? Yeah. And they'll be like, oh yeah, I do. Yeah. And then boom, go do it, right? As opposed to just showing it to them. But that's a big problem for me. It's hard for me to do magic for people that I know. Mm-hmm. It really is. And uh, <clears throat> for better or for worse. But when a lot of my friends have seen me live, they were like really surprised because they just weren't used to that. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's not. I'm not speaking in a way that I just speak to a buddy or at a social gate. It's very different. Yeah. Also, I, I'm not really like smiling a lot of the time, like normally. <laughs> not as like a bad thing, but I realize I'm in public and I'm just like hanging with a buddy and we're just having coffee. I haven't smiled in 48 minutes. And like a girl goes up to me and she's like, oh, you do card tricks? Like, will you show me one? And then if I'm, I, what, am I going to immediately just glow up into this <laughs> personality? It just kind of feels weird. Yeah. So I, I try to... When I'm performing at the castle, I try to walk around just happy, like mm-hmm. all the time. And people for sure notice that. Yeah. They really do. And it's not that if they just see you sitting at the castle before you show and they see you all serious, it's not that that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But it definitely is that if you are seeming happy, they'll remember that right when they see you. Yeah. And that those emotions will come back to them and they'll just be like, oh, like this is cool. Like this guy's probably cool because even outside of the show when he wasn't doing anything, he seemed cool. Right? Yeah. So definitely smile, everybody, when you're performing. That's a re- I really mean that. I really mean that. Well, that's a huge insight that I think a lot of people have never even considered. Is like, it's almost like the Pit Hartling thing of you're performing when you're not performing. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, it's like, especially at the castle, you're walking around. People they don't know that you're the performer right. yet. Yeah. Until they see your show, mm-hmm. and so like you're already putting on a show before them. You're also just like by being yeah. a smiley happy person that yeah. emanates off of you and for sure people are just going to enjoy their time at the castle more anyway and it's never a bad thing <clears throat> like i if you have if you have any of these like little things uh that no can only help you and not hurt you just like always go for it even if it ends up not helping you it's still better too right yeah. especially with uh with tricks right there are some subtleties um and people complain about this all the time it's like oh it'll fly right whatever people say that all the time but uh it's also cool to just like implement a technique uh just because at the very worst 
it doesn't make it any worse. Yeah. And at the very best, it helps you, right? The small touches on moves, why not, right? Yeah. Why not rely on misdirection and also execute it well, mm-hmm. which a lot of us do if we know. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like I can feel it bubbling underneath the surface, but do you suffer from imposter syndrome like I do? What's that? <laughs> imposter syndrome is when you feel like a phony, when you feel like... Uh, Oh my god! You you like so much? Yeah. Okay. Tell me about it. <laughs> so much because I do, dude. Hard, like yeah. hard. Um, yeah. And but this is blowing my mind because no one's brought that up until right now. Am I? So this is like the first one to like <laughs> put it into words. I have imposter syndrome, and I know I do because I'm really awful in social situations. Um, receiving compliments after doing a magic trick. Like I went, uh, what day is it? I went two, two days ago. I went to like a poker night at a, I worked on magic camp, this Disney movie. And like the, one of the producers invited me to this poker night with all of her buddies to just like do magic for them. Mm-hmm. And it was just weird for me because I was there hanging out, just kind of like talking to people socially. And then I just did like a set. Right. And then afterwards, everybody was just like, wow, like that was amazing. And I was just kind of like awkwardly sitting. And then I was like, shit, like. I ask myself the question, and this is what makes me feel like an imposter. It's like, was that amazing? Or are they the audience that would have found everything amazing? Mm-hmm. And that burning question, that question haunts me a lot. Mm-hmm. Was I amazing just then? Or could I have done a double lift and they would have told me these same compliments? That's the question that just like burns me. And that's what makes me feel like a phony, right? Because now if, you know, if the answer, if you're answering uh, the first question, would they have liked anything? Then I feel like a phony because I'm like, well, I can't take credit for this. Like, that, that's anybody could do that. Like, mm-hmm. that's not me. Um, yeah, that's deep for sure. <laughs> phony syndrome. It's hard to uh, it's hard to, to to be yourself when performing. Like, I really try as hard as possible to seemingly not go into a performer mode yeah. and just seem like a person in there. And uh, I'd much rather keep a, a magic set conversational than you know a very meaningful presentation just that's for me i think it's hard for somebody like me to give a very meaningful presentation at this point just because you know does it does that make sense yes i think it'd be very weird if i went up there and uh yeah you know that's a self-awareness that so many people don't have or or have not extended to Mm. their performance it's like uh yeah you're you're a kid Mm-hmm. You, why on earth would you go I mean yeah. the the example that everybody uses oh well uh, when I was in Panama or when yeah. I was when I was in China you're a child you have not been to China and you're right. not hustling a fucking <laughs> mahjong game shut up you know that's <laughs> it's really like, funny I'm but, it's, but it's the same thing you know yeah man that makes me think like what is the most meaningful presentation I've tried to give and now is like cringy thinking about it <laughs> it's just like Man, I to, yeah. I ha- I I remember a very specific moment uh, where I was doing a trick. So I had been hanging out with my best friend David, who is also a magician, mm-hmm. and Dan, mm-hmm. and his girlfriend Melissa, and Melissa's best friend, and some other people. Fiance, excuse me, they're engaged to be oh, married now. Congratulations! <laughs> He'll never hear this. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, Dan's fiance works the brewery. We've been hanging out and drinking some beers, and we went up to Dan's rooftop afterwards um, to hang out by the fire pits and barbecue some stuff. 
And I started doing magic as I am wont to do after several beers. Yeah. And uh, I go into this this trick. I, I'm like doing some goofy stuff with her. And then like I go into this trick and I do this more meaningful presentation. Yeah. And afterwards, David was like, what the fuck was that? Like, why did you yeah. do that? It was so weird. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, you're right. That yeah. was so weird of me to yeah. do that. But it's like it's my default yeah. thing for that trick. And I'm like, oh, this is a great trick. And I just, at the time, I wasn't thinking, what's right for this moment? You know, yeah. like, is it conversational? Like, what, you know. Dude, what? That's so hard, right? What is right for them? Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, these are the questions that matter. Like, how are you presenting yourself? That's what this means, right? Like, yeah. who are, who is this guy? I know when, when I show, because I, mean, I, I do a lot of Theory 11 demos for, like, all of our products. Um Lately, I mean, there's a couple of videos I've done where I just go out on the streets and I just do street magic. I'm doing these tricks and you'll see me doing this. And you, I, I come off sometimes as like a little bland in like the way that I'm saying things. But uh, I kind of blame it. I like David Blaine my presentations mm-hmm. to realistically. But the reason it works is because these people have never met me before. I like create this false illusion of a much more mysterious than I am. Yeah. And that you just have that advantage when you're in front of people that have never seen you before and you will never see again. Exactly. Right. You can't just pull that off with friends of friends or, mm-hmm. and you shouldn't, right. People yeah, should yeah. just, uh, yeah. but you have that excuse to play. Yeah. And that's like, you know, that's what buskers say too. And I wrote down like, where do you have a place to be bad? It's kind of circling back to what we were talking about before. There's no open mics for magic. Except street performing. And, and, you know, again, that's what buskers say is like, you can do whatever you want because you'll never see these people again. Correct. And then you have to juggle like, well, am I doing stuff that's good for magic? Because I'm essentially uh, forcing people to see magic. You know, you're not forcing necessarily, but you're imposing magic on people. And you kind of have to juggle Mm. like, is this good for the art? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> while also practicing and being allowed to be bad. Yeah. Uh, so that's a weird thing that you got to kind of struggle with, or at least I struggle with. I, uh, I, I'm i lucky again. My playground to be bad is still the close-up gallery during brunch. So <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty spoiled in yeah. that aspect. Um, but they're like... Also, Hollywood is, uh, you know, yeah. talking about those videos yeah. in particular, like, not yeah. necessarily, I'm not saying your Theory 11 videos yeah. are bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's not what I'm trying to, yeah. trying to say. But I mean, like, just Hollywood Boulevard, there's so many street performers, there's so much shit out there. Yeah. People aren't necessarily even going to remember. It's like, you got to remember the context. So if you're going to go and really try and do something that you don't know if it's good or not, fuck, Hollywood's not a bad place to do it. You know? Hollywood's not a bad place to do it. Just remember this. People are going to say no to see magic because they have no reason to believe that you're just doing it for free. Yeah. Everybody's handing out mixtapes and trying to get something and everybody's tipping the street performers. So that's why a lot of you get so many no's. It's because not because they don't want to see magic, but they have no reason to just think, oh, he's going to show me a free trick right now. That's the very last thing that they're thinking. Mm -hmm. And the camera scares people. Yeah. But at the same time, when you start filming somebody, and they seem like they're having a good time. Now the camera does the opposite. Now it draws people to it, right? Yeah. So it's kind of a. Uh, I know. Um, I have a my magician friend used to film me. He he does sometimes. Ron Pink films all of my stuff. Who is amazing. He's a mentalist. 
He has some really awesome products out and a phenomenal center that the whole world uses. I love it. He films everything. And he introduced me to Andrew Gerard, who's another great magician. And what's funny about Andrew is that sometimes like uh, they'll be filming me. And while I'm doing a trick for somebody, Andrew just like as people are walking by, just literally stops them and goes, hey, he'll do something for you in a second. Just wait up. And then just ignores them. And these people are just kind of there frozen like, okay. <laughs> like they're just like blindly following directions because they see the camera and somebody else having fun. It's weird that people think like that. Yeah. Doing street magic, we get most of the people off a chain reaction of the first guy. Mm-hmm. So that's a cool strategy to try and use. Yeah. And, and not just for necessarily that walk taking walk around to the street but also for people who are interested in busking that's a good way to do it too, yeah is like stop one person yeah and then get them to help you build the crowd yeah you know um yeah that's cool man also while we're still on street magic tips because just so you all know you gotta warm them up so i'm telling you just pick a trick that you know is gonna be at least get their attention no matter how sleazy you think it is like even Whatever, just do that trick and then do what you're going to show them. Like yeah. whatever that is, whether you're going to just go into Torner Restore and Transpo or French Kiss, do that first. And then if you see that they didn't like that one, then just ignore them and say, okay, thank you for your time. But if they liked it, then go into what you were supposed to show them. Yeah. But that's, that's a big part of it. But anyways, next. And it saves your time too. It does. It definitely does. Well, that's good. Uh, that's good advice for just routining in general is mm. like people have to be you have to make whoever you're performing for into an audience. It goes yeah, back to that thing where definitely. like people are judging you in the first five seconds. It's yep. like you, there's a lot of work you have to do before anyone can experience magic. Yeah. You know, how do you do that? How do I build yeah. an audience? Yeah. So the castle is very simple because they're, oh, you don't need to build the audience. Yeah. Yeah. I Everybody's, mean, to some extent, to some extent, but they're all primed for it. You don't need to build the audience, but you need to get them to like you, which you got to do all the time. But uh, for me, strolling, it's very hard always to build an audience. So you, uh, you end up getting like, you know, obviously people immediately interested and people immediately not interested. Mm-hmm. But it really goes back to, you know, picking that first trick that's just going to warm them up. Mm-hmm. In my case, it's always something that takes like four seconds. So a lot of time I go up, I'm like, hey, could you name any card? And then I just produce it. Boom. That's just the first thing I do. Mm-hmm. Like name any card and then boom, done. And then I just go into it. Yeah. And there's a, in strolling, you got to kind of just hit them like with very fast. If something should happen every couple seconds for sure, especially if people are drinking and it's loud. I, I was fortunate enough uh, last weekend, I, I performed strolling magic with Aussie Wind, who's like one of my favorites. So that like blew my mind. So we did the same event and uh, it was really insightful, you know, and Aussie was A1, you know, phenomenal. He's like the best. And, you know, it really... You know, he does some very powerful magic, but again, it's that pacing of boom, 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 boom. Like things are happening a lot. Unfortunately, cut any presentation. I'm really just, that's just do it. Don't try to present anything <laughs> strolling. Um, unless you found a group that already likes you and you found a quiet spot, right? But when you're going up to somebody new, the last thing they want to hear is immediate patter. They just, they want, they want moments first. And then pick your people and then do whatever you want, you know? A lot of times strolling... You'll go back to groups that you've already seen. And then if you realize that they were really friendly the first time, you could just say, hey, like, you want to go sit down over here? I'll show you some more stuff. And that's good. But uh, for strolling magic, I think a big priority for me is kind of rapid fire. I don't like doing strolling magic, by the way. But, I mean, it's uh, a lot of the gigs. That's just what happens. Mm -hmm. Strolling magic is very good 
Um, you know, Strolling Magic helps me technically a lot because I'm just doing like that's why my top change is so good. I can tell you that, right? Yeah. That's why you know I don't flash double lifts, right? That's why I could cut to a card and stack very fast. Yeah. So that's really what that does. It's just boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Drills these routines into your head. Yeah. How much improvising do you do while you're improvising? Strolling. So much. Mm-hmm. So much improvising. That might even be mostly what I do. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't really have a. I don't really have a strolling set. And I. I maybe I should. Maybe I should. Um, but yeah, I really just. Uh, yeah, just a lot of improvising. There's like I just there's two tricks that I know I'm gonna do to every group. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, it's just whatever. Yeah. There's always you're a, finding that moment. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, I also get really paranoid. Uh, doing any tricks that I think that there's a chance that they would have seen before. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I'm starting to think I'm wrong about that. But uh, like, I, I really don't want to do something like French kiss. And like, I see these guys doing it and it kills. It's so, I mean, it's inherently amazing because yeah. it's great. Or Torn to Restore and Transpo. Are you kidding me? Who's going to tell me that's not a miracle? It's a great trick. Haunted Pack even. Amazing. But I don't know why I just don't do it. Um, maybe, maybe I should, but... Uh, yeah, just something about it. Something about the chance that they could have seen it. Yeah. Because when you're getting to that, <clears throat> a trick that popular, I mean, it's safe to say this. If somebody has seen Strolling Magic before, mm-hmm. it's like pretty likely that they've seen Haunted Pack, right? Yeah. I would think so. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe like 30% chance, but that's high. You know, I don't want people to see the same thing. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah, but it's funny because that being said, I always have a loop on me. And they end up doing it like once or twice a night, maybe for the client or for whatever. So the back of my head knows like <laughs> the power of those tricks. Yeah. So maybe I'm an asshole for not doing that. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I should change my repertoire to open with Torn and Restored Transpo and work my way to the Haunted Pack. There you go. Yeah. Rate me on Yelp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but I get it. I mean, it's it's one of those things that like, because the public doesn't know what magic is no you know what because magicians don't know what magic is they do the same tricks and they don't add anything to it themselves and so when people see two strolling magicians and four of the tricks are the same you know that it leaves a bad taste in their mouth so i don't blame you for not doing those tricks because the public doesn't know yet that similar to comedy you can have a same, the same premise right and make it your own right and then that's also part of like the whole feeling like a phony the phony syndrome what, what did you call it imposter syndrome the imposter syndrome i totally feel like an imposter when i do that mm-hmm. and if i'm out in a social setting and somebody asks me to do a trick and let's say i did toy to restore and transpo and i kill them i would still feel like an imposter to myself mm-hmm right mm-hmm. even if they've never seen that trick before and for them it's amazing but uh i will never give myself credit for those situations yeah so i'm on i'm on a vibe right now where like many magicians now my my iphone notes is like the vault of secrets times nine hundred thousand. so i have a lot of routines that are just working on and i i try to just do at least basically when somebody asks me to do a trick i try to just think what i'm learning recently and just try and show them something on the along those lines mm-hmm to get new stuff but uh yeah do you get burnt out no i don't get burned out how is that even possible i never get burned out dude i fucking love magic i'm more into it now than ever like i don't get burned out i hate magicians a lot sometimes yeah like i'll see some 
I like magic so much that I will be emotionally not in a good mood if I see a magic show that I think should have been good. Mm-hmm. Like that, that uh, in the inside of me, would like, like I'll feel bad for like the rest of the day. I'll feel unhappy. Like I will be unhappy. That makes me emotionally sad. And another thing is it's not really about if I think it's bad magic. And everything is my opinion as well. And I also know that some acts vary a lot from even show to show. Mm-hmm. There are some people I've seen at the castle two times that were awful and the third time killed, right? So it's unfair to judge like this sometimes. But I always try to see how good you are for how long you've been doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's what, uh, that's what hurts me the most. If I, see, uh, if I see an older guy that I think should be way better and is not, I just kind of like, it just turns my stomach. Because it's like, this is... I know exactly what I don't want to be, mm-hmm. which is that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Where does that drive come from? Um, the drive. How do you know it? what you don't want to be? I mean, when you see something and it's repulsive to you, yeah. Like where where does that come from? Hmm. Knowing, uh, I don't know. It's just like uh, you just you set you got to set the to be better than other people. You just have to make your standards higher than theirs, right? Mm-hmm. so just having that i've just kind of always had that i think i think who, who somebody said this to me but um it to be a, a really good magician you need to be really good at saying no mm-hmm. right and that's just part of the heavy curation so a lot of times i just see, see things and i'm just like dude like you've been doing magic for so long man you've written these books and like i don't understand like it's it comes from a place of not understanding. How about that? Mm-hmm. It's I don't understand why you're doing this trick, mm-hmm. or why you're opening with this trick, which is even worse. It's like I don't understand. You've written eight books. You're thirty years into. I just don't get it. Right? What? Yeah. And maybe it's something I don't understand. Or maybe they're um, they're still trying to try on new things, and it's just part of that. You know, you're never done trying new things out. But that's also bullshit. I've seen some people, they always open with the same horse shit, and I'm just like, I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, you can't get upset at, like, somebody that just started and sucks, right? Yeah. You no, totally, totally can't. Like, yeah, it, of course not. Yeah. You can get upset at somebody who just started and thinks they're awesome and then does no. magic for people who think right. that they might be awesome. Correct. And the worst is you could be upset at the magician who thinks he's a teacher and sucks. Yeah. You can be upset at that. I give you permission, uh, podcast listeners. You can be upset at... No, I'm just... <laughs> you can be upset at... And then you just list all these people. <laughs> Dan let's and Dave a, Buck. <laughs> let's, let's make a pamphlet. Things you could be upset at as a magician. <laughs> I, I'm serious. Let's do it. Let's absolutely do it. Lecture tour. <laughs> Lecture tour alert. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so what are some of your what are some of your goals in magic? Some of my goals. Yeah, because you okay. you're you're fairly early into it. You're still young. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're not burnt out yet. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, I want to pr- just perform as much as possible. Mm-hmm. I know that I know uh, a loose goal is I want to be able to make a living performing. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, part of me I would love to have a show that like like Helder's in a couple shows you know Derek I would love to have a show like that right something like Darren right like a a nice stage show Mm -hmm. like a one-man stage show like that's definitely in my interest I would love to achieve that at some point anything related to performing would be really cool within the magic community um I don't really have a goal Mm -hmm. within the magic community I just want magicians to like me you know that's uh yeah 
Uh, I mean, I'm sure maybe at some point I'll release a book or something. Um, but yeah, I just I want I want magicians to like me. Yeah, there's this weird thing about magicians uh, where some of them are really petty, <laughs> <laughs> and some of them are really stupid. Yeah, and I'm not talking about anyone in particular. Yeah, but there's like this weird culture of pick a side, you know, and it's like I don't I'm not interested in that. Mm. you know it's like i just i want us all to be friends yeah i want us sure. all to be friends i want us all to have the same goal which is like do stuff that's good for yeah magic yeah and do good magic make people think magic is like awesome that's right? a cool goal do whatever you can to make people think magic's a cool thing yeah and that starts with uh not being a misogynist racist bigot asshole <laughs> oh my god dude that's for sure don't ever like yeah yeah. That shit still happens all the time. I was at a show recently. Yeah. <clears throat> Not at the castle. I was at a show recently where a performer yeah. pulled a girl up on stage yeah. and kissed her on the mouth. No way. Kissed her on the mouth. Are you kidding me? No. At the castle. No, I, not at the castle. If that was at the castle, dude, I nah, I can't watch that, dude. That's like, That's like on the list of Franco's out. Right? That's on the land. And to like. It's not okay. That might have been okay when he was doing that in the 70s. Yeah. Also, like. Also, never okay. I'm not saying that it was ever okay. But, like. When you're only calling up hot girls, if you think the audience doesn't understand that you're doing that, then you're such an idiot. Yep. Like, oh, by coincidence, he picked the only 10s in the room, right? 70 year old, whoever, (laughs) whatever. Like, uh, just add some variety. It doesn't mean don't pick on them, but. Yeah, I, I'm very conscious of that. I yeah. try to pick up a dude, or if I need two people, I try to make it a couple. I try to make it a couple, and I try to be not threatening. Yeah, for sure. We have a social responsibility now, because everyone has a social responsibility now. We're not free from being decent human beings, because we can, quote-unquote, do miracles. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, miracles. Right? You know, Isn't that goofy? It's really easy to be an okay magician. Yep. It's really hard to be a good magician. Yep. But it's it's not at all hard to be an okay magician. Mm-hmm. And that's a scary thought, right? Is that why you don't do haunted pack? <laughs> part of me, yeah. But yeah. that it's it, it is flawed thinking because it's a great trick. And no, totally. Not, but yeah, part of me like tells me that, right? Um, where it's like, yeah, well, I could teach literally anybody how to do this trick. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to, you know, Tamarise's seven veals. And uh, I'll just talk to you about the one that we're focusing on now. It's just kind of like the audience picks up on how much you love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like they understand that. So if you do some tricks that maybe magicians have told you are, are too technical and they're shortcuts, or maybe there's a, if there's a better way to do it, that's different. But if you, like, there are some things that you do because you like to do the technique and it makes you happy to execute that in front of people. And the audience picks up on what makes you happy. Yeah. So I guess for me, the only reason I don't do Haunted Pack is because I know it doesn't make me happy. And I assume that the audience will pick up on that as a result. But it's pretty easy to, to fake it when you're a magician, right? It's That's, easy to, yeah, which is another thing. If you're good. But, I don't think it's easy for many, no, many people to fake anything. No. But like being able to fake it yeah. is, you know, a trait of a good magician. Yeah. Because you can't always love what you're doing 100% of the time. Mm. It's just not possible. There is an element of show business sure. in Absolutely. performing for people. Absolutely. You know? I think that 
I'm just having this thought now, but I think that might be one of the bigger elements of knowing if somebody's good or not. Mm. It's like, how many times have you seen him perform? How often does it feel really good? Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's like, yeah. I don't care if somebody kills once. Yeah. It's like, how consistent are they? Right. You know? And uh, that, that's, that's what I'm struggling with now. I realize when I do these weeks on the castle, um, I have like a, you know, I have a set that I believe to be solid uh, at the time, whatever time I'm doing the show. So you always start the week. You're always amazing Thursday through Sunday yep. or Friday through Sunday. If hopefully if you're doing everything right. Also, so, those are good nights. Right. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. So, you know, you always start less consistent. Um, if I'm being real with myself, I always feel like the like Monday through Wednesday, maybe like one show a night always feels meh. Or one show a night, like something went wrong or something. So it's really important to have your friends come and let you know. And like my friends come and like, they're like, dude, don't do this. What are you doing? You know? And I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and then uh, it just helps. Like uh, this last time around, um, my friend Hennick, you know Hennick? Mm-hmm. Hennick Nagash, magician. First of all, whoa, he's amazing. He's so good live. Hennick is good live. He, he, he always gives me awesome tips and then... Justin Woolman came and saw the show, gave me some awesome tips. And that's just what it's about. You know, it's like acknowledging. And they, they stated some like very clear flaws. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Thursday, I completely changed the feeling of how it starts and ends um, based on the, the routine that I do. Just completely different framing because of what they told me to do. And it just worked way better. Yeah. So that's what I'm struggling with, having that consistency. You know, I would love to reach a point where I feel like but without anybody's help, I'm still very consistent right off the back. That's very difficult to do, of course. Yeah, but of course. It'd be nice to be able to conceptualize and put everything together yourself. Yeah. But I'll, there's think, always going to be other people helping you. I mean, absolutely. And I think magicians are one of the few. I, I mean, I, I'm maybe not, but I do know magicians put this huge burden on themselves that everything has to be. Hmm their their decision their it's like decision, it's like yeah. i have to do all the staging i have to do Such all the direction problem. i have to figure out all the lighting and the yeah. music cues and the blah 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 it's like no build a community of people yeah build a team dude the more the more help you can i mean i mean no good magician does that i can't even think of one mm-hmm. right there's no there's always you should always have help from other people mm-hmm. but i guess it's just kind of like um yeah it's a weird thing but you should the better you get, the better taste you'll have, and the more you'll get a sense for what works. Yeah, and that's another thing, of course. But you always need to you you're too, you're <laughs> you're literally too close to it. You're literally yep. inside of it. You can't. Yeah. As much as you can get better at understanding someone else's perception of you, you can never truly no <laughs> embody it. And yeah. so you need that feedback. You have yeah. to have people that go, yeah. Hey, don't fucking do that. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, thanks. I hadn't even thought of not doing that. You know what will set people straight? Record your shows, one. I know it's hard sometimes to find a way to record your shows. And when you have a show that you think you killed, watch the footage. And you're going to be like... Cringing so hard. You'll be cringing, right? I mean, at least I do. Yeah. Even if I think I... There are some shows where I felt like, dude, I saw my homies in the audience. I'm like, yo, they just saw the sickest show ever. And then I see the footage and I'm like... It was fine. Like it was okay. Yeah. And uh, when you look at yourself, that's where your hard, your har- harshest feedback will come in, which is important as well. But yeah, yeah. Critique yourself. Be really hard on yourself. Everybody should be. Be really hard on yourself. 
because there's nothing bad that could come from it, right? Mm. Um, I, I'm talking magic-wise. If you're really hard on yourself, even if the routine's already good, you should still be hard on yourself. It doesn't hurt. Yeah. And it just uh, just leaves an open mind. You know, a lot, a lot of magicians. I remember Helder always talks about how, like, no trick is ever done. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have that same mindset. But it's a good one to have. Yeah. Definitely a good one to have. No tricks ever done. Uh, recently... Aussie, Aussie was, I was, like I said, I did this kick with Aussie and I haven't really talked with him closely, but I spent time with him that day. He has some awesome thoughts. And he's really right when he says, like, the second you call yourself a teacher, you're fucked, right? Because when you're not a student anymore. Right, you're not a student anymore. So now you need to live up to a certain expectation. It's better to just learn and feel like nothing's ever done and everything could always be better and just constantly be learning. Say, Shane talked with me about this too, Shane Cobalt. He's like, if you call yourself a teacher and you ask to see my zero shuffle, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> He's like, you don't deserve to see my work on it if you know everything. Yeah, maybe never call yourself a teacher. How about that? Yeah, or have that attitude. You can teach people, but you don't know it all. No, I think I think you only get to the point where you can call yourself a teacher when you're teaching people to remain students. You know, mm. like. I don't I don't think you can I don't think it's bad necessarily to call yourself a teacher because you're embodying obviously if you're not embodying what I'm about to say then go fuck yourself go call yourself <laughs> a teacher but I mean like I, I don't think I don't think you can never call yourself a teacher I think if you're doing if you're embodying something that is good for the thing you're teaching mm. while also encouraging people to remain students as you the teacher are forever a student absolutely then you're good yeah so I don't disagree with Aussie. I just am less harsh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the essence of what he's... I think you're right. Think yeah. You're right. He's avoiding me. Why? Do you want to get him on the podcast? I've had him on the podcast. Oh. He won't do it again. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I'm just, just chatting shit about Aussie. Chatting shit. Chatting shit. Uh, that's awesome. Um, how, how often are you gigging? How often am I gigging? Yeah, because people that like... I was at a magic meeting... We'll get together recently. I was talking to a guy, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, I was doing this gig that I do every year. It's the only gig I had last month, but it was a good one." And uh, I was like, "You had what? You're you're a gigging magician, and you had one gig. Like, there's a you know, it's like yeah. if you're gonna do it, like, I don't know, I'm full of shit." But you know, <laughs> you, you'd be surprised. Um, recently, I've had maybe three to four months a month since I started working for Theory Eleven. And uh, they're really awesome with finding me gigs. Mm-hmm. So I have that, and then the ones I find out. Like tomorrow, I have a gig. I do random stuff. Tomorrow, they're filming in a leave commercial, mm-hmm. and I'm just like the onset entertainment for the day. So I'm just I'm there, and I'm just doing like a set for thirty minutes when people are on their break, like the people in charge of directing and filming it. Very random thing, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, just stuff like that pops up. I gig not more than that. Normally, not multiple times a week. But anything Theory 11 gets is normally pays very well. So mm-hmm. I can't complain. I can't complain. There are also some people that do one corporate gig a month. Sure. And that's all they need. Or maybe one every couple months. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All depends. But, um, yeah. I mean, how often you gig uh, has nothing to do with how good you are, I think. No, totally. There's a definitely to some extent, yeah. And it, yeah. it influences it. But there's some magicians that will talk to you about how they charge... Uh, uh, you 30 need grand. <laughs> 30 grand an hour, and they gig every day, and you're just like, all right, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
That's true. I guess it's just the context of it, maybe, was what prickled me. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's speaking very superiorly. Who watches these things? (laughs) 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 Who who listens to this? Uh, everybody. Everybody. But will they will they have gotten this far? Yeah. Okay. We haven't even. Are you kidding me? We haven't even done an hour yet. (laughs) Okay. I love everybody that's listening to this. Yeah. I love everybody too. Everybody. Except people that have wronged me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, of course. None of the listeners have wronged me. They've all been very, very kind. Hmm. Or have just not said anything, which I appreciate too. <laughs> That's cute. It's cute. That's all it is. I'm doing a I'm doing a side steal, everybody. <laughs> doing a, a side steal. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna talk about fashion some more. What? Okay. How'd you? I, we talked. I mean, you said a little bit at the beginning about how you went from skate stuff into like yeah. street style. Okay. But I saw that Conde Garcon suit. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like another thing, I like the idea of, um, you know, in high school, I wasn't. I'm not gonna say I was bullied in high school or everything, but I was like. I was like, people just kind of didn't understand why I had cars all the time. It was just kind of like a weird thing. Yeah. And then they're like, why? He's trying to dress like a skater. I don't understand who this kid is. I just, I, I like, you know, dressing in very nice clothes because um, I think it makes people more curious about what I do. I don't know. I just like that image, I guess. It's very snobby, too. Like, I, I get, it's bougie just to dress in expensive stuff for the sake of that. But I, uh, I like, I like that. I, Me too. I do. I like that. Yeah, I just like that. Um, I like wearing things that I don't think I'll catch somebody else on the street with. That it'd be unlikely. And uh, yeah, you know, it, it really helps. I mean, helps what? What people think of uh, of you as like a as like a magician. Like even if you're meeting with a client, it's nice to dress really well. Mm-hmm. It just is. And there's a difference between dressing really well and really expensive and dressing flashy. Those are very different things. Yeah. I don't think you should want to dress flashy at all. But, um, you know, it's, a, it's kind of like what I said before. Like in, it's like if it can't hurt you, then why not? Like when you're wearing a lot of this um, basic looking high end stuff, right, that nobody would assume how much it costs or where it comes from. For me, it's just like, yeah, the people that know, know. The people exactly. that don't, I'm no worse than I was. Exactly. Right? Because it is basically like we can we can agree that it's bougie and meaningless yeah, and snobby sure. and all that shit is true. Yeah. However, we live in the real world where that stuff is applicable. Right. Like as much as it's gross, because it is, mm-hmm. it's also really fucking fun to hack life, which mm-hmm. is what it is. Yeah. You know, for those who know, they know yeah. and they appreciate. And those are the people who have the coin <laughs> to, yeah. to hire you to pay for the clothes, right? True. It's this. It it, it 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 can't be boiled down to anything more simply than that. It's like you are dressing well so that other people who would know and who would notice notice. Mm-hmm. That's all it is for sure. And when it comes to suiting, these clients know what a good suit and a bad suit looks like. So yeah. you better have a really nice suit. Yeah, some nice shoes. You got to do it. Make sure it fits. People talk about this a lot, but it's important. You don't want to have a you don't want to have an oversized suit. Also, if, if you're like if you're like a, a skinnier build, I think you should for sure get like a skinny suit and go for that look. I think there's a lot of a lot of people that just kind of have like my body type just end up going for like a normal size suit, and it mm-hmm. does fit a little weird. Yeah, and the the bigger bulky stuff. Uh, yeah, 
I think uh, it always looks cleaner to have a slimmer fit if that's what your body type is, right? Mm. Yeah. Well, just generally to have clothes. See, clothes are meant to fit the body and they're not meant to hide the body. Correct. Right? So like even if you're a bigger – like I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a thin guy, but my clothes fit. That's what matters. They are fitted <laughs> yeah. to my body. They move with me. They yeah. don't cover me up. And it, it actually makes you look more architecturally, aesthetically pleasing. Definitely. That's what it is. You have to assess your body architecturally, which is a gross thing. We already agreed five minutes ago. This yes. is gross what we're doing and talking about. But it's also one of my favorite things to do and <laughs> talk about, right? Because it's, it's, it's a life hack, you know? It is a life hack. Damn. We're the worst. We are the worst. But that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it is okay. It's better than okay. Yeah. Because, man... I don't know. Like if you, if you, to me, if you're not the kind of person that wants to think about everything, right? Just the whole, all of it. Mm -hmm. You're just not that. You're just not there yet. You're just not done. Yeah. Right? It's like cohesion as a whole. What, what's the whole point of being here? Is like to affect other people. Right. And hopefully positive. I match my cards with whatever I'm wearing. Right? Me too. I do. And I match what I'm wearing to however I'm feeling. Right. You know, it's like I yeah. have a very specific, I mean, my fucking apartment. Yeah. There's, a, I'm going for a thing, right? For sure. You can feel what it is. It and works. It's a little messed up right now because I was filming and shooting stuff and stuff had to be rearranged. No, but it's wonderful. Thank you. It works very well. But the, it's like this whole, and I, I, <laughs> This was a conscious thing that I did when I moved out here is I came out of a situation where I wasn't happy and I wasn't doing things mm -hmm. the way that like yeah. self-actualized. God damn it. This is such a new agey episode, but I'm like, I'm going to, I'm taking it. This, this is, what is it good. Is. This no, is what it's it good. is. I, I like, I wasn't living something that was fulfilling for myself. So when I moved out to California, I was like, fuck it. I'm a grown up person. I'm going to do what it is that I think is yeah going to make me feel good. And my apartment makes me feel good. That's what it's it about. It should, man. Right? That is what it's about. It That's just, what it's about. If, and like, you know, also, okay, here's a good tip for people listening. Upgrade slowly, right? <laughs> mm. Like that chair right there, one day that'll be an Eames lounge chair. Yeah. But not right now. That's from fucking Ikea. And it's not quite this, it, it's not even close to the same, but there, the idea is there. The idea is there. Right? It's like have the idea and upgrade slowly. So you don't have to go out and like buy a whole new wardrobe, but like get a nice pair of shoes that'll last a long time. Yeah. Right? And also people pick up on the sense that you like how you dress as well. Yeah. And um, you stand you, taller, you feel more yeah, confident. You stand taller. And if you wear like if you wear really snobby stuff that you associate with people that you don't like, because a lot of people that tuck their shirt in so you can see their Gucci belt and, you know, wear these like super hype clothing just for the sake of that. And you might not like the way they act and talk, and that brings you away from like that fashion thing. Um, it, you know, there's something goes for wearing all these clothes and then being a really nice guy, yeah. like not what they expect. Mm -hmm. It's another thing, right? Yeah, like wearing wearing Supreme and not being a punk skater kid. Right? <laughs> People pick up on that. Yeah, but uh, fashion is uh, not important in magic. It's just important to look really good. Yeah. It, you can look really good and not spend a lot of money. That's yeah. the truth. So just make sure you look good and you, your suit fits. That's important for magic. Everything else is just the uh, Elliot and I. <laughs> Elliot and I bonding on this uh, magical podcast. That's right. <laughs> but, I, I mean, you couldn't have said it better. 
You just have to look good, and it doesn't have to be expensive. Mm-mm. It's fun if it's expensive. <laughs> you get a little thrill. At least I do. Yeah. Um, but it's also like it's very aspirational to me. It's like when I started, because just personally, I had to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I started, it was very conscious. It was like, okay, what do I want to look like? What do I want to feel like? How do I do that? How do I manifest that thing? And that's actually, fuck, that, that's just a good tie-in back to magic. It's like, what do you want your audience to feel? Yes. What is the feeling of magic to you? Mm-hmm. And how can you communicate that to them? Mm-hmm. It's exactly what it is when you walk out the door. It's like whatever people see, again, they judge you in the first five seconds, mm-hmm. that you are communicating an emotion to you're communicating something to them that influences their emotions definitely and so like the more conscious you are of that the more power you have over civilization (laughs) over civilization (laughs) to get back into the gross life hack thing it's like yeah but you know what do you what do you want people to feel when you perform yeah i want um you know what maybe it's helps me shape my my thoughts a little better i want people to to see me as somebody very confident but not threatening Mm mm-hmm that's hard to do. Sometimes they go hand in hand, but I would like that. I definitely like to seem confident up there, as confident as possible. I think as we all should, um, but not threatening. I don't want to be threatening up there. I don't want people to feel like, oh, is he going to call on me for a joke? Is he going to make fun of me? Or yeah. is he going to pick my girlfriend and the other dude's girlfriend to sit on his left and right? Hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might be an exception for me. If we're talking about the same guy. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a different thing. Very different. And it would only work in very specific settings. Oh, yeah. There's a context for everything. Yeah. That was just, that was mostly yeah. just me making a dumb joke. Yeah. Um, but what, what, what is the feeling for magic, of magic to you? For your, what, I mean, what do you, is it like astonishment or is it, because um, that's another conversation I've been having a lot recently is like, what is the feeling of magic? Mm. Or do you experience magic? in in a way that you can describe i don't know okay the feeling yeah this is definitely a question that i don't really know the answer to um i think right now because i'm avoiding certain presentations and uh certain personalities and i'm just trying to be real up there mm-hmm. for me i want when they leave the show as of at this point in my life i want them to think that they just saw a man more interesting than his tricks or at least a man as interesting as his tricks mm-hmm. yeah um, whatever feeling or emotion they get as a result of the magic is uh, its own thing. Some people uh, get touched by these presentations that are applicable to real life situations and they make it out of this whole relatable thing. Some people get touched by that. Some people get touched by just the idea of being fooled, mm-hmm. you know? And again, because fooled has a negative context, like I fooled you. Aha, gotcha. Yeah, you know, I never want to present anything as a I fooled you, you know? Yeah. Um. I, well, I think it's it's not the best. Yeah. So again, there's a context yeah. for everything. We are yeah, yeah. agreeing that like, course, anybody yeah. can do anything, but yeah. for us, yeah, you don't want to. It's not about a gotcha thing. Yeah. Not about a gotcha thing. But how about this? Here's a question to ask yourself when you're up there: Are you a person more interesting than your tricks, or are you as interesting as your tricks? Either of those are fine, but you can't have your tricks be more interesting than you, because then you're not necessary. You're not a an important part of the equation. Mm-hmm. So that goes good. back to the Tamarisian veil. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. that's a it's a good thing to keep in mind. There's some performers you'll see and you're just like, damn, like that is a guy more interesting than his tricks. 
Yeah. Justin Willman kills live. The dude's hilarious. He yeah. packs a show into two duffel bags and annihilates people with entertainment. He's so good. Yeah. He's a consummate performer. Great. Uh, you know who else impressed me a lot? Michael Carbonaro. Mm-hmm. I saw The Palace of Mystery at the Magic Castle. It's phenomenal. He did tricks that I don't really even like just because I've seen it so much, but the tricks were great and he killed it. Dude. Mm-hmm. He's so good. So uh, <laughs> it's the difference between being a performer and being a magician. Right? Yep. You want to be a magician that could perform well. That's what you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also like that uh, Jared Koff mm. said, also, Jared is like the, in, in just my opinion, seeing him perform, he's like one of the greatest magicians I've ever seen live. Okay. So here's what I think, which yeah. is weird. I saw Jared uh, three times at the castle. Mm-hmm. I've talked with him at, at conventions. Um, uh, at Magic Live, I remember, not the maybe two years ago, we talked and I realized, oh, this guy's really cool. So when he came to the castle, I decided to go to these shows. And um, Jared's performance is he's really going for some unique emotions, you know? Mm-hmm. He plays like this persona of like borderline, very mysterious, you know? He's like a shaman. Know. Yeah, yeah, he really is. He really is. And the first two shows I saw, I really didn't like. Mm-hmm. Not that I didn't like it, I just thought they were fine. Um, but the third show I saw, the most recent one, I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is very amazing. Like, that audience was touched. Wow. This is like, what's one of the best shows that I've seen at the castle? Yeah. So, again, man, it's so hard to judge these people based on just a couple shows. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, yeah, but I did like his choice of effect better in the third one. But even to have an opinion change that dramatically, is that's crazy. And Jared is amazing. He really is. Yeah. That last and show he's I going saw. for with that. I think we're talking about the same show. Is he's talking? He's doing a very specific thing that yeah. not many people could even attempt. Hmm. Um, when was the last time you saw him? By the way, last time he was at the castle. Okay, so that that last routine with the memory. Mm-hmm. That's a routine that any magician will say boring. Next, not another one of those. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody cared. Are yep. you kidding me? The way he presented that. Yeah. Everybody cared. Amazing. Sensational. Loved it. Yeah, he's phenomenal. Um, Why do we start talking about Jerry? (laughs) Um, We're talking about... uh... We're talking about... uh... Oh, shit. Oh, we're talking about uh, what is magic and like the feeling. What is magic? Oh, yeah, the feeling feeling of magic. magic. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. So the quote that Jared posted is, um, all artists and magicians... Hold on. I'll, I can just fucking find it. Let's <laughs> just find the quote right there. The world's um, most prepared podcast host. Right? Thank <laughs> God my laptop is open. Uh, this is what this is what it is. I'm not. Look, I can't afford to have somebody look it up for me. So <laughs> that's that's just what we have to do. Yet. Yet. You'll yet. have a guy in here at some point. That's right. Pretty soon. Uh, okay. Let's see it. Let's find it. Uh, all artists are magicians, but not all magicians are artists. Therefore, not all magicians are magicians. Oh. And I guess basically what he's saying is that magic, the feeling of magic is not... The feeling of magic is something that you experience outside of yourself that can be felt through other mediums. Mm. You don't have to be a conjurer doing tricks to feel... Mm. You don't have to see a conjurer doing tricks to feel magic. Yeah. It's like a first kiss or staring into the yeah, sun when you're definitely. in the desert, right? It's like, these are feelings of magic. Magicians yeah. uh, don't always give people a feeling of magic. Right. And that goes back to the whole, like, feeling fooled thing. Yeah. 
Also, you know, a lot of you can't spell it out to your audience during your show in a certain way that they need to be feeling magic at this point, you know. Oh, totally. The less you say, the better. Exactly. Nobody felt magic because they were told. So. Yes, you couldn't be more right. What I was going to say, I was uh, on a different topic. Um, so I do not, I've never enjoyed a stage illusion show in my life, ever. Okay. Tell me about it. And... I've also, I've never said that, I've never even judged any stage magicians because I, it's not in my realm. It's not in my world to do so. But like I mentioned earlier, I don't know how important it is, but I do think that magic should be fooling. Mm -hmm. It should be deceptive to some extent. I don't know if that's, it just needs to be deceptive. You can't just be deceptive, obviously. It needs to be entertaining. But because of that, I never like the idea of being fooled with objects that I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And that's a really big thing for me. I there, I don't know. Something goes for, and that might be why I like close-up magic so much. But it's not limited to close-up. It's just that whole thing, right? What are these objects? Like, what are these boxes? Um, do you feel me on that? Yeah, totally. Like, uh, I would much rather be fooled with objects that I understand. Well, I think I think it's more interesting now because, like, it used to not be so important that you didn't understand what was on the stage because you yeah. didn't understand a lot of shit. Yeah. But yeah, now yeah. we have all the information in the world in our yeah. pocket, and so you're like, I, mm-hmm. it, you could have just done, you could have just done a thing, and it does the thing, right? Yeah. You could have built a thing yeah. that does the thing. Exactly. That's built what my a phone thing does. that does the thing. Like yeah. that box on stage is no different than my phone. It does millions of things I don't understand. Why should I care about it? It's like yeah. you want to understand the props. Because it is that much more amazing. Yeah. Actually, I was just listening. This is fucking gross. I was just listening to Pete Holmes' uh, podcast that dropped today. Okay. It was a Wednesday with Larry Wilmore, who's okay. a musician, right? Yes. And they were talking about this exact thing. It's like we can only relate to people ma- through magic with analog stuff because mm. otherwise it's just yeah. technology and who gives a shit? Like, yeah. Yeah, it can do that. That's the thing. Yeah. Okay. You do the wiki test, right? No. No? Is it is that because is that why? Or I don't what? do the wiki test uh-huh. because the level of imposter syndrome is through the roof when <laughs> I even think about doing that trick. Okay. And that's why I don't do it. Okay. It doesn't mean it's not a miracle because it kind of is. It's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. But dude, that you really killed me with that whole concept because I never even thought about that. But to me, performing wiki test. Yeah. If they go wild, the imposter syndrome just goes through the roof in yeah. my mind. Just fucking like boom like jesus like i just did an app i bought this yeah you know um but yeah i've uh how many times have i done it i love it i really love it i recommend it as well if you don't suffer from the same issues that we do um but yeah it's just it's uh too easy for how good it is but i'm sure if i really come up with a good presentation for it which i have not at all every yeah. time i've done it has just been very straightforward mm-hmm. um i'm sure i'll do it because i do like it but yeah, so yeah, that's exactly why I don't do that trick. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, just to go back to technology yeah. in general, it's like I've never really been a fan of iPhone or smartphone magic, just because like it, it does take the magic out of it for me personally. Mm. Uh, and it could go back to the veil and people, you know, know mm-hmm. that I just don't. I'm like, yeah. hey, look at my smartphone. That's what it is, though. That's what it is. Because there are some amazing iPhone tricks. And I've seen Oh, totally. Yeah. I'm not saying that they yeah. aren't fucking amazing. No, for sure. Because they totally sure. are. Yeah. Uh, but for me, it's like, oh, let's look at my phone. Yeah. It's not enough that I look at my phone all the time. Let's now look at my phone together. Yeah. 
Correct. You know, it's like, come on, let's just let's just be two people, right? And have this moment mm. with regular stuff. You know, it's like I don't want to bring extra. You know, yeah. I don't want to. Yeah, bringing that up, I mean, I think WikiTest is the best iPhone app. I think it's the best Magic app. I, I yeah, I and because it, it kind agree. of eliminates that whole it's their phone, you know, yeah. it's their phone the whole time, so it eliminates that problem. It's just the the concept is what makes me feel like an imposter, right? Yeah. Um, but there's you know, WikiTest and Toxic, I think are they're so it's yeah. so uh, everybody uses yeah. Wikipedia. Most people use the calculator on their phone. That yeah. I get. I just personally am like. I don't like having my phone out yeah. with people around. I'm yeah. like very, I'm ashamed of looking at my phone. I think that's probably because I'm kind of an old man and I think that kids these days, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, I don't really feel that way, but I feel like I'm supposed to feel that way. So I don't take my phone out when I'm with other people. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I just don't want, I don't want my phone in a magic trick. I want, and I, I realize that I'm totally full of shit because like, what's the difference between a phone and a deck of cards? Like, <laughs> you know, a, a really and genuinely, people are more comfortable with the phone than they are with the deck of cards. Yeah. You know, it could be argued either way. I don't know. I'm starting to Let, Let's talk about toxic. Okay. Um, man, everybody does that trick. That's true. Everybody does that trick. Um, and I wonder if it fools people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people I see throwing into acts that's just kind of like a double kicker. Like these numbers also match with this. What? Right? Yeah. And now I just start to think, are they reacting to the cleverness of the situation or the effect? You yeah. Know, do they believe that coincidence happened? I think they don't. But a lot of people do it with good success. And I'm sure there's reason for that. But uh, again, another trick that I won't do due to the imposter syndrome. Yeah. There's at least, I don't know, two acts a month at the castle that use that. I mean, come on. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, there's like, I think it's tough for people to, those are both very good displays. Uh, I think it's tough for people to know which tricks they are allowed to do when they're with their friends and which tricks they're allowed to do as a performance. Yes. Yeah. You know, like a, like a formal thing and differentiating between what is appropriate for formal and informal performance is not something that people really ever talk about it's like oh you learned a trick you can do that whenever you want Mm. and to some extent that's true but the effect should not necessarily be the same Mm. just because you're doing the same trick yeah some things are performance pieces some things are only good as a performance piece right there's some tricks you can try and do strolling that just won't work but Mm. in a castle set hell yeah it'll be great yeah Mm. what about uh what about cardistry we haven't talked about that cardistry yeah i like cardistry yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah cardistry um i do cardistry because it's very fun that's why i do it i do it because it's fun i like how good it is on video um it's very conversational when i'm just out in public and i'm just doing cardistry i implement it into some parts of my act because mm-hmm. i think everything that you've been told up until now about why you shouldn't do cardistry and magic is true but very easily solvable and people know what can and cannot be sleight of hand let's be real so um, i think it's easy to get around that problem uh, implementing cardistry to an act i don't do a lot but i do some in my act um yeah cardistry is really fun that's what it is for me it definitely helps with dexterity Mm -hmm. definitely so for people listening who might not even know what cardistry is which i'm not really sure yeah is a thing but maybe what is I, your definition? Of my definition? Because I think every cardist has their own definition, probably. Yeah. 
I, I think people understand what it is very fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so if like I'm in front of them, if I describe it to them over the phone, it might be weird. Yeah. But if I just showed them one video or if I'm just in front of them doing it, I think they get it. So I don't really go for anything crazy. That's yeah, just like really fancy shuffling. You know, that's just what I say. Like fancy shuffling like a, or just manipulation with playing cards just for the sake of looking cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. I don't really know. Some people say it's like yo-yo tricks, but with cards. Yeah, which is pretty accurate. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, uh, I think I think uh, knowing cardistry is a skill that audiences sometimes expect you to have. Really? I don't know if that makes sense. Like, uh, I, I I shouldn't say expect you, but he- okay. Helder loves card tricks. Mm-hmm. Loves does a lot of phenomenal card tricks. Um, doesn't do any cardistry in the act. But I think if uh, somebody that saw his show saw him afterwards sitting down doing crazy cardistry i don't think they'd be surprised Mm -hmm. like oh that's crazy that he could also do this and the magic show yeah i just feel like they'll immediately connect it in your brain and they're like oh that makes sense that he's so good with cards therefore he can do this yeah they'll be impressed by it it's an impressive thing but there's something to say about them not being surprised um and for a lot of times i do zero cardistry in my show and it's this whole thing right I'm just doing card history and people are like, oh, wow, like I like how you shuffle those cards. Like it's mm-hmm. interesting. So to me, it's definitely a very versatile to know both. Mm-hmm. I think it's very versatile. Yeah. It's also, it's great too, because like it's a way, it's almost like a way to talk about what you do without talking about what you do. Mm. You know, it's like you don't want to show somebody a magic trick because it's not appropriate for the setting, but you can show them a quick flourish and they yeah. kind of get an idea of, like, oh, this guy's really fucking good at what he does. Right. Now, that may or may not be true, but yeah. that's the perception that people have. Also, to the magicians out there, I'll say this much. Same way, there are some really easy tricks that get a crazy reaction in magic. Um, same with cardistry. Like, there are some... There are some moves that you can master within two months that are going to blow people away and make them think that you're the best cardist in the world. So why not give it a sh- give it a try? Yeah. Um, what yeah. are they? <laughs> what are they? I mean, uh, Friffle. Friffle is one. Yeah. Uh, Friffle. You could look up a YouTube tutorial for Friffle. That's one. Um, uh, a good card spring. I mean, good card spring though. Yeah, so yeah. like you know, yeah. be honest to yourself. Yeah. I mean, flower fan. Yeah. Well, I, 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 that's, that's kind of hard. That's, yeah, hard. that's but no, but like friffle and like a good card spring is not hard, and uh, it's really, really impressive. Backdrop, Kevin Ho. Mm-hmm. People love that to see that move. Very impressive move, and it's not hard to do. You can master that, and if you're a magician, I'm talking to magicians, not from scratch. Yeah, but uh, you, you already will have the basic handling needed to understand it. So even most non-magicians know a back palm. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, exactly. So there, there's just uh, you should if you're really heavy into cards, why not just learn a couple flourishes? It's, it won't hurt, you know. Yeah, it won't hurt. Yeah, <laughs> you should go to Vegas and be a card shuffler. <laughs> You'll get that sometimes. So that's okay. Yeah, oh, I was, I was. Yeah, I was for for thirty years. I was a courtship. Stock audience responses are my favorite. Oh, they're great, right? They don't know any better. They don't know it's better, and it's not their fault at all. But I get angry at it, even though it's not their fault. Is that I stop myself and I try to realize they are trying to compliment you. Yeah. They just don't understand that everybody else says it in the exact same way. Yeah. Right. So 
It's not their fault, everybody. <laughs> List of things you cannot be mad at as a magician. <laughs> Audi- audience stock uh, stock responses. That's the sister pamphlet to the other one. But you could be mad uh, at magician stock responses. So. Yeah, no, the clean one. Yeah, no, the clean <laughs> one. <laughs> Can you hold out your hand? No, the clean one, asshole. <laughs> Dude, people are like, what? It's so stupid. Yeah. It's so stupid. So. I uh, actually I don't know if I can. Oh no, Brad Henderson talked about this on the podcast, so it's okay. He had an idea to do a show where everything was those awful stock lines, and he was like super misogynist through the whole thing, and he only performed it for magicians. Okay. So like getting hired to do a convention and doing like the show or whatever, yeah, and just doing really awful shit. Okay. In a way to be like, hey. Hey, audience, yeah. don't do anything I'm doing. You yeah, know, it's yeah, like yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. I think that would be good. We need something like that. Yeah. That's what this podcast is. Franco, what's other things people shouldn't do? Other things people shouldn't do? Yeah. How about this? <laughs> no. I don't know. There's so much, dude. There's so much. Like, yeah, I know. Um, people shouldn't not practice a lot. How about that? <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's some stock, back to the stock responses or... Or uh, popular magician phrases. You know what's one that I've always liked, but I just hate because of how often I see it? What? The whole deck of cards is like a calendar. Mm -hmm. I think that's really great. Like, it's an awesome thing. But it just kind of dies down once you see everybody do it, you know? Uh, I remember in the past six months, I've seen like four castle performers use that in their act. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, uh, no, yeah, I like it. The best, uh, Jared does it, right? Jared does it really well yeah. uh, because it totally fits his character. So he, he, he can do it. But some people just do it knowing that it's inherently interesting without mm-hmm. them having to present it in a, it's a real, you know, it's just like real. It just seems, yep. yep, totally. Like, awesome. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, so it kind of gets annoying to, it's a shame that's used so much because it really is when it's beautifully done. It's really cool for an audience that's never heard that the deck of cards like a calendar thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think about this? Uh, doing a trick and saying, oh, this is one. I know you wouldn't do this because you yeah. have imposter syndrome real hard. Yeah. But like, what, what do you, how do you feel about magicians performing something and being like, oh, I'll show you one that David Blaine did on his special? Uh, yeah. How do I feel about that? I, I have conflicting feelings about it. One is, don't fucking do that. There, yeah. That's somebody else's material that they put on television. Why yeah. would you do that? And then my own follow-up to that is, well, you have the opportunity to provide someone an experience that they got to watch, and now they get to have it themselves. Uh, I don't know where I stand on that just yet. I think I'm leaning towards the first one, just because, like, that's how I feel. It's just not necessary. It's you don't true. Need, yeah, so for me, I would I just don't say it, I yeah. think. Um, it's just unnecessary. Yeah. Unless David's done something to you, and you want to every waking second is you proving to people that you're better than him because he did yeah i don't know i just use ben as the example <laughs> yeah. he's the example you know but i mean yeah. like um yeah i think you should yeah I'd, i think i i don't know how i feel about it i feel like i want to say don't do that well to me it's just anybody that says that feels like they need to give themselves a credibility mm-hmm. same way in our intro in our intros we give ourselves certain levels of credibility right off the back because yeah. intros do matter what people say beforehand yeah um, there are ways around it. There's some performers that don't get an intro and they just try to be, you know, the crowd person, super social. That's fine. 
But that, you know, when people say, "Here's one David Blaine did," all they're doing is trying to give themselves credibility like before the trick happens. Right? That's what it is. That they might as well say that, yeah. right? Um, so yeah, I think don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, definitely don't do it. Actually, great. Yeah. Unless, yeah, no, not necessary. Not necessary. Do you need to get that? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> my friend uh, is uh, messaging me, one of my magic buddies. He's. Uh, from Argentina, his name's Nicholas Pieri. He's amazing. He was just telling me uh, he wanted to show me something on a control I came up with. Came up with a touch on it, so hopefully it's good. Cool. That's about it. How do you how do you take people's notes? What's the best way to take somebody's notes? Obviously, um, you have to trust the person. But yeah. Anyway. So this first, goes back to what you were saying about being at the castle and yeah. Henick and Justin giving you notes. How do I take people's notes? Yeah. Um, I just kind of. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know who to trust. And a lot of the time, I just kind of take their word for it and directly implement what they say. I write a lot of it down, obviously. My uh, my notes on my phone, I write every magic idea down. But um, I ask for notes. I know that much. I definitely ask for notes. Like, what did you think of this? Um, sometimes if I think a routine has a lot of problems and people give me notes on a lot of aspects on it, I'll prioritize the notes and only implement a few at a time. Yeah. But uh, I like my within my friend group. We're really harsh. Uh, if we'll show something like, "Dude, that sucks. That was awful. Don't do that." Right. So yeah, and my friend group's really harsh. Um, but I think it helps a lot. Like I said, I think the best magicians are the best curators. Um, they say no the most. No, the method's not good enough. And uh, I'm at something. Most things in magic are not subjective. Right, like everything could be. There's ways around every rule, and there's a trillion ways to do it, and they're all correct. And you, you can't say this is wrong because of this. But there's some things that are, um, that are binary. Right, like is this better than this? Yes or no. Some things are clearly better than other things. Yeah. So in my mind, um, as far as technique goes, like a sleight of hand technique. Uh, I, in my mind, for every for a top control, for a bottom control, for a palm, uh, for how to get a card into the box, mm -hmm. I know what I think the best method is. Mm -hmm. um, so if somebody shows me something that isn't better than what I think my best method is, I don't learn it. Yeah. Um, but I don't say it's bad. I just say, okay, that's good, but the one I have is still better, so I don't have a reason to learn this. Mm -hmm. If I find one as good, I'll learn it uh, yeah. for variety. You know, you shouldn't always do the same top control, bottom control. Totally. You shouldn't always palm the same way. But yeah. At what point do you stop? Like, how do you know when you found the the one? How do you know when you found the one? Yeah. How do I know, Franco, if she's <laughs> the one? Um. Uh. Yeah, it's a case by case thing. It's a case by case thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's very. I think that's what the. I think that's kind of the, the driving force of the collector market for magicians is like, mm. what's the ultimate method? What is. What, Eventually, yeah. yeah, I will stumble upon a secret right. that's real magic. Yeah, you know, there was like a time when I was getting started. I was like, "There's got to be like a method for like something." Yeah, like, yeah, that yeah. It is so impossible <laughs> that it's like as close to real magic as you can get, and you just sort of get to the point where you go, "Oh no, I just have to be in command of all these different things," and that's yeah. what magic is. It's yeah. kind of like this secret that you can get that yeah. solves all your problems. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> You're still young, Franco. You'll yeah. come up with it. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. But definitely, there's some routines that I'm just like, well, that's better. Well, the cards across I do is better than that already, so. 
Yeah. That happens sometimes. Yeah. But you have to be really, really real. Some people just have they live in a fantasy where what they think is better is. But when I say it, I'm right. So that's the, <laughs> that's, the that's the leading difference. Well, what do you think about what do you think about when you're coming up with? Uh, material or this control that you're going to put out soon how did you come up with that was it an accident um it wasn't an accident it's uh well well dan came up with that spread control which is very popular how to get a card to the bottom yeah, yeah. right also i don't want to talk about method okay but, yeah, yeah yeah how did i come up with it yeah um so you took an existing idea and then yeah i a new way to do it hopefully i just made it a little i think it's realistically, easier realistically i made it easier and I think better, but even if it was easier and as good, I think so. That's important as well. Mm -hmm. There's an easier way to make something equally as good as something harder. Then that's also important mm -hmm. um, for for like technique. Uh, yeah, I think what happened was at the at the time it's a cull based move, so I was practicing a lot of different culling techniques and controls. So uh, because I was just kind of in that vibe, I kind of just stumbled upon it mm -hmm. and then showed people, and then people that knew the original control and they're like. Oh wow! Like this definitely works. This makes it easier. You know what's a? You know how you know when something's a really great idea? Hmm. When you do it and you go, oh, of course. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah, and that was a big, for this for this move, it was very much that vibe. Um, very much that vibe. That's uh, it's called inevitability, right? Mm. It's like something you come up with something and it was inevitable. Mm -hmm. Right. There's a there's a whole book on it or stuff like that called uh, In Pursuit of Elegance by Matthew May. Mm. And it's that idea where, yeah, it looks great. Uh, <laughs> it, it's it's the idea where it's so simple and it's so uh, efficient yeah. that it was inevitably going to happen. Yeah. It feels like that is the culmination yeah. of the thing. I'm really offering high praise for this move. <laughs> but yeah. that's what it feels like. And I know that feeling of like... I stumbling onto something and going, I for oh. I really like this move. Yeah. Um and like I said the binary thing, right now this move is on my list of this is the best way to get a card to the bottom. Mm -hmm. Um in my mind. Mm -hmm. Uh so I'm so until somebody shows me something better, I'm just going to do this. Yeah. Uh, it's also I like to do it as well. Yeah. Cuz I just feel sneaky, you know, I just feel like, oh yeah, they have no idea like this is so clean. Yeah. I love I love any move where there's a card I Passes are great because we know how easily you can misdirect from a pass, mm -hmm. which is why don't sit around and say show me your pass because any pass works, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of does. But I like any control where a card is sticking out and then you just slowly push it in and it's the work's already been done. But with that convincer of just they see that image of you slowly pushing a card in and that's it. I like any any move with that. Mm -hmm. Any move with that. Do you have any idea how you think your opinions might change as you go forward? How I think my opinions might, yeah. Um, like, is there stuff that you are in a gray area right now and you can kind of feel yourself going, oh, I'm not going to feel this way in a minute? Mm, I'm sure there is. Um, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there's a lot. Um, Maybe there's not that you yeah. can say. None, none that I could immediately come to mind, but I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's a lot. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nothing, nothing immediately comes to mind, but I'm sure everything's going to change. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's cool. Maybe I'll be like, I'm an idiot, dude. Just fucking do a pass and get it to the bottom. You, you self-righteous. Yeah. <laughs> you think you're good just because it's a technically cool move, you dumbass. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, who knows? That's very, maybe, you know, that could happen. 
Maybe. But uh, at this point, these are my set of beliefs. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't like uh, I don't like memdeck work. I mean, right. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. That's an inside joke, yeah. listeners. That was... I like. Um, I do a lot of memorized deck work. Um, how my opinions might change over time. I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people were like, well, if you do card tricks, you got to do learn a mem deck. I don't think that's true. Yeah. yeah, I think you definitely do not need to learn a memorized deck, but I just think it's great. So I like it and I do it. Yeah. I like it and I do it. Um, I think that's yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. I like it and I do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, when it really just boils down to it, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of the thing. That's how you should yeah. live your life. I like it and I do it. I like it and I do it. And so long as it doesn't hurting other people. Right. So long that <laughs> it doesn't hurt other people. Yeah. I like it. And in the world of magic, that's what it boils down to. And then it's just whoever has the best taste wins then, I guess. Yeah. Right? That's just kind of what happens. Yeah. If all five performers like what they do, it's just whoever had the better taste and effects. Yeah. And there's always going to be... Um, it's definitely a performance art. So if two performers are like pretty evenly leveled... You can't. You can only say a magician's better than another magician. I think when they're way better. I I think it doesn't exist where you say he's he's a little better mm-hmm. because audiences will just it'll be very different by audience by audience. Then it's just a matter of taste. Yeah. Um. Where if you see these two performers back to back, anybody it could go either way. Mm-hmm. So saying a magician's better than another magician, they they should be way better, and it should be obvious. Yeah. If uh, even if you think that it's a close match, then it just kind of doesn't exist. Like, yeah. You have to at least define what the criteria for being better is. Yeah, exactly. At the very least. Yeah. How original was the act? How well did he perform the act? How good did, is this for magic? How good is this for magic? Public? Yeah, you know. definitely. Speaking of, I was just in New York. I saw Darren Brown's show, mm-hmm. and I saw Derek Delgadio's show. Mm-hmm. Did you see Derek's show when it was out here? I did not. You did not. So I did you not. got to see it. That's yep. good. Yep, yep. They were both fine. <laughs> they're, they're they're not bad shows neither of those shows. are bad shows <laughs> no they're they're both phenomenal they're both phenomenal yeah um, i recommend you see darren if you haven't already i haven't seen him you've already him. seen derek I, as well. I have seen derek right. i saw derek out here not that i don't recommend that you see derek derek's yeah. amazing i was just uh i knew elliot saw derek yeah um yes i would love great to see darren. great darren i think is my favorite performer yeah i think so um i just like the way he speaks a lot, yeah. and a lot of magicians uh, I talked with had some critiques on the show, as far as like clarity of effect and stuff. But uh, I like the way he speaks a lot, and I felt that the audience was really loved it. So that's that's where I draw my conclusion. I think Darren's great. I think Darren's great. Yeah, yeah. I I've never seen him. I have no idea. Yeah. I have seen his TV stuff, and yeah. I'm a huge fan, obviously. Yeah, but yeah. I'd love to see You've seen show. his stage shows? No. On, on, but you haven't seen like the videos? Of no, his... I haven't seen the videos of his stage shows. I've only oh. seen his specials. Oh, then you're in the most beautiful. You're gonna, <laughs> you, he's going to annihilate you. Yeah, I oh believe it. Because yeah. I've seen everything. Because it's the best hits show. So I saw everything and still said well, that's amazing. Um, but for people that haven't seen anything, oh my God. You, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a Darren Brown fan. Which is funny. He's like the least magician person ever. He's just a performer. Yeah. Um, not that's not an insult. I just mean uh, uh, he's not like in the community. He's just very isolated, of course, as some performers are, and it totally works for him. He's a genius. Great taste. Good people working for him. Good speaker. Mm-hmm. 
Who are some of your other favorites? Some of my people other favorites? That you draw inspiration from. Oh, Not yeah. necessarily directly, but just people that inspire yeah. you. That's and they hard. don't have I to haven't... be magicians either. Oh, they don't have to be magicians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trump. Trump. <laughs> Speaking of Trump, I'm like not involved in politics at all, like yeah. in the slightest. It's just not a part of my life. Um, so I don't, yeah, I just don't even voice any opinions or talk about it. I don't know anything. Um, I, there's a lot of like movies that have just like really touched me. I draw a lot of inspiration from the films I watch. Get into it. Just because uh, anything that elicits a human emotion, I'm into, right? Mm-hmm. I like music a lot. Any any song that I feel like makes me feel a certain way, I like. It's like, why does this make me feel a certain way? Mm-hmm. Or um, for movies, I like I like movies with plot twists, as many of us do, because I like to see how they let us down the wrong rabbit hole, and that's very applicable to magic. I love magic with twists. I love kicker endings, right? I really do. I really do like it. I love I love a moment where it's like, oh shit, yeah. Do you think that's inherent to people or that's just a personal thing for you, magic-wise? I think people like twists. Um, I think people like twists a lot. Um, In fact, going back to toxic, sometimes I think people are reacting to the cleverness of what those numbers actually mean as opposed to the effect, right? So that's I think that's how much people like twists. Mm -hmm. I think people like twists so much that, at least in the moment, and I don't know how they will feel afterwards, but at least in the moment, it... um, if it's not even that magical, but a twist happens, they'll still react to it just yeah. because of, you know, because in movies you react to it. And that's yeah. not a magic trick. It's just an unexpected thing. Well, it's kind of a magic trick, though. Right. I okay. mean, it's just yeah. the definition of it is like you were led to believe yeah. one thing and then your expectations were subverted. Mm. It's. I mean, that's what a joke is. I mean, you yeah. can say joke is a magic trick. It's all sort of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's not like... Sleight of hand or conjuring. Or yeah. Anything. But yeah, I see what you're saying. I draw inspiration from that. Well, what are some examples a, of, of I have a I have a problem, too, because I think um, a lot of, like, magicians that I really respect talk about how they get inspiration from a lot of other um, art forms. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm there yet. I don't think I've, uh, I've absorbed as much art as I should. So I draw my, my inspiration from definitely performers. So, like comedians like a really good like bo burnham and like louis ck you could not have named two more different comedians yeah but they they have But they're both masters that's what that's what it is what they have in common is that they're both masters and that teaches me a lot yeah it teaches me a lot just the performance side the cadences how they speak why do you believe everything that they're saying when they oh bo's different because he's not going for that but louis you why do you believe everything that he says in every story he tells you yeah I uh I one of the questions that I ask at the end is what was the time you were like fooled the hardest like you felt a moment of astonishment oh yeah and I interviewed Harrison Greenbaum okay and he's a comedian and yeah. magician and he his moment everybody else has been like oh Tamers or I was, yeah. I saw David Williams or something something like that he was like Louis C.K. fooled me harder than I've ever been fooled by magic trick <laughs> he said uh, I was working the Comedy Cellar in New York and Louis was doing it as well. Mm-hmm. We're on the same bill. And he said, one night, uh, I'm not in the room, but I can hear Louie doing a joke. And he messes up. He stumbles on it. And he laughs. And he goes, I don't know why I said that. Sorry. And he, yeah. goes, right? and he goes, and it was really funny. And the next night, he did exactly the same oh, thing. Oh, And he shit. was like, 
no fucking way yeah. that he did that on purpose. He was totally blown away and fooled by it. So, you know what? Yeah, I, if you just asked me that question, I really would not have known how to answer it. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know what I would have said. But when I saw Darren Brown live, there were a lot of moments like that, that those planned impromptu moments mm-hmm. that I was impressed with. I was like, dude, that's what it is, man. Like, this is smart. Mm-hmm. This is smart. The illusion... Um, you're deceiving people into thinking that you came up with certain things on the spot that you've already planned. The illusion a, of spontaneity. Yeah, it's a great skill set in a magic show. It's very good. And very... And it helps you be funny a lot. Yes. Oh, my God. You know what I hate so much? Is, like, somebody doing a trick and then using a line that is implying spontaneity. Like, uh, oh, you know, let's... uh. Uh, let's do a thing. Let me, and it's, it's, like, it's, it's like I. I let me F- give you an example. Fuck it. Let's just like, use this orange in my case. <laughs> but, but let's I mean, just like, use this orange. Just, Why not? Yeah, you know exactly. It's it, that's a great example. You know, but it's like uh, just uh, name name any color. It's like uh, I. I uh, that's not a good example. Um, here's another sort of example is like, oh, uh, you know, this is crazy. Last night I had a dream about this exact thing. Yeah. It's like, no, you yeah, fucking yeah, didn't. Yeah. No one That's in the, the world That's believes the you. Yeah. That being said, you know, when spontaneity can help you like in technique, for example, I do a lot of stop forces, mm-hmm. right? Um, like a lot of timing forces. And when I do that, I always call somebody in the audience that can't come up to pick a card. Mm-hmm. So then I'm just like. Here, can, like, even if they're if they're like in there, I, I act like I'm about to reach over the front row to get them to, and I'm like, eh, you don't even need to get up here. Just say stop. Mm-hmm. And then it feels and like that's a good right. use of spontaneity. Yeah, right. that feels genuine because it's real. Mm. Uh, but there's all a case could be made that you like wouldn't even need to do that. Right. You know. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I I wish I had a better example for like. The spontaneity. It's like you know when you you know when you hear it, you know when you see it. Yeah. If yeah, if it doesn't feel real, then you should. Yeah. And you know it's a good use when you see the show again and realize it's still there. Mm -hmm. So if that surprises you, then success. Yeah. Right. Nobody thinks that the next show he did it with a banana. You know what I mean? (laughs) That might be a bad example too, but you get me. Yeah. That's I I think that's a a great example. Mm. Banana bandana. Why, like, yeah, not only should no one ever do that trick again just because it's done, but like, yeah, it's, a, I mean, it's the same thing. You're, you're, especially at the castle, yeah. like, you're doing the same, you're doing a set three yeah. times a night. Everyone knows you're doing yeah. a set three times yeah. a night. Don't do a trick where you're like, oh, last night I, I had a, a dream where yeah, I did yeah. thing. It's like, yeah. oh, you had three dreams last mm-hmm. night that were nearly identical. Yeah. It's like, now. The whole uh, magician in trouble plot, mm-hmm. right? Yep. My aim with that is to first of all, I try to really act like I messed up, mm-hmm. so I never go like, "Oh, that's not your card." Mm-hmm. Well, let's check. You know, mm-hmm. it's like so that I hate that. Mm-hmm. And so I always try to act like I really messed up, and a lot of people say, "Yeah," but at the end, they clearly realize that you're lying the whole time because mm-hmm. it was predicted, or it was this, or it was that. Um, but I, I, I aim to impress people. With my acting, with me messing up, <laughs> so I want them to impress that to impress them, which isn't a magic trick. But if that emotion comes at the same time that the climax of the effect comes, it helps, right? It's like, oh shit, he didn't mess up. God, damn, you know? Yeah. 
But that's cool. I think that's a cool thing. That's a cool thing to, to be able to do. Like, damn it, I thought he messed up. Like, he, that one he really got me with. Um, you know, people will come after me and be like, oh, I was sweating when you acted like you didn't. Yeah. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> I, think, I think there's a way to do that correctly. Hmm. You know? But there's also a bunch of ways to do that really, really badly. Yeah. You know? And if it's just too, if it's too on the nose, if mm. it is like, oh, that's not your card. Yeah. Is that your card? Yeah. It's like, fuck you. Why didn't yeah. you just find it in the first place? Yeah. It's like, it's that kind of thing. Where yeah. Like, I understand wanting to play in that realm. Yeah. Like, you really got to be conscious of it. And it sounds like you are. I'm not trying to tell yeah, you not yeah. to do the thing, but like, some people don't think about it. And I, you know, I've, I've done that a million times. It's yeah. like, oh, uh. Hey, do a trick. Okay, uh, here, name any card. Mm-hmm. Double lift. Is that it? No? no? Yeah. Now it is. It's like, yeah. It's, yeah. it's cheap. You're cheapening the thing. Yeah. Right? But there is a way to do it. You know who got it? I, I love it is uh, Mike Strick. I've talked about this on the podcast before. Mike Strick. Mike Pashada, when he reaches into his pocket and pulls out the card... And there's more than one. Oh, you see that? oh you know what I'm talking about. yeah, yeah. That, that's really good. That's, that's really good. Yeah. I and haven't that, seen Mike do it, but I know what you're talking about. I've well, seen other people. Yeah. And the thing that I think is beautiful about that is that they think you messed up, but you don't ever act like you messed up. Right? Yeah, of there's course. Because like that, that's a different thing. It's like, you're again, you're setting up this expectation for them that yeah. you're immediately going to subvert. Yeah, I think that's an interesting way to do the magician in trouble thing. Is like they think you're in trouble, but you yeah actively know you're not. Right, you're not even engaging with that. Okay, experience. you know it's one of my favorite tricks, Di Vernon's fingerprint trick. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's so good. Describe the effect to the listeners. Okay, uh, somebody uh, picks a card and it's returned back into the deck. And you explain how you could find their card by saying which one has a fingerprint on it. Mm-hmm. So you're just kind of going through, pretending like you see a couple smudges on a couple cards, and you're like, ah, show me your thumb. Ah, maybe it's one of these. And then you say, I'm going to go through one by one. I don't need any of your help. I don't need your help. I'm just going to go through. And you're supposedly trying to figure out which fingerprint matches, yeah. right? And then when you say it matches, you show them the wrong card. And then they're like, no, that wasn't. And then you realize that it actually was the card. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, quote sucker trick so yeah. to speak right yeah. um but yeah that's like my mindset so i'm always like oh yeah the fingerprint matches on this one great and i'm like no i'm sorry that i'm like no it matches right and then it changes as opposed to oh it doesn't match snap here yeah it's just like i was always ready well, yeah i love that trick i really love that trick love it twist twist ending twist ending yeah that uh, that's I, I like that trick a lot i like that trick a lot and it's so you should people should do that trick more or maybe not leave it for me <laughs> i just I, I enjoy it well how do you feel you feel good i feel good this yeah. coffee is helping me yeah you gonna do the final questions let's do the final questions what's your favorite non-magic book my favorite non-magic book yeah um <laughs> it's a boring answer there's a book called uh, the gate by natsume soseki okay. it's a japanese book what's it about it's about this couple Okay. Um, it's very dramatic, and basically the whole time it shows these two couple who, who are kind of, you can't really tell if they like each other or not, but they're very poor and they're just kind of getting through their life. So you're kind of wondering what events happened in their life that made them strong enough to go through all of this, right? Because rather, there's not really like conflict between them when you think that they hate each other. It's not about that. It's just like, you finish reading the book because you're curious about what this couple's real story was and what their past looks like. 
really yeah yeah big gate it's a uh, also read it uh, as part of my english course so it was really good having the professor's insight that that helps a lot not not magic related at all i did i don't even really think it influenced my magic at all another book i read eating animals mm-hmm. which is about um factory farming and global warming and the whole animal conspiracy thing. about how those things are real the conspiracy <laughs> about how those things yeah so that was a really crazy book um i'm not a vegetarian but i've never hated on anybody for being a vegetarian i respect that a lot so that was a really insightful book factual but honestly i don't read many non-magic books i read a lot online random articles about things i'm really into the tech tech stuff like yeah. new new technology but I'm not actively reading non-magic books. Definitely not. Cool. Yeah. Uh, well, then what's your favorite magic book? My favorite magic book? Yeah. Oh, do I have one? Uh, most magic books are very bad. Very bad. Okay. So that's something... Why? What do you mean? Um, they're just... Uh, what I'm saying is it's come to the point where if there is one trick that I do from the book, I'm very happy. Just one, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of a lot of these books you read and you just realize that like these have never been performed. Like mm-hmm. these tricks have not been tried and tested. They're just ideas that were put in print. So name names. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can. I can give an example. No, that's okay. okay. But uh, yeah. So my favorite magic book. I don't know, man. I, I could say there's a lot I really like, like obviously Mnemonica, because that's what got me started on the whole Memorize deck game. And there really has, it's like an encyclopedia of stack deck tricks. Very good. Very good. Um, that's a good book. But everybody hears that name. So it's not like I'm trying to think if I have a recommendation that people say, oh, I haven't read that. Maybe I should. Because if I start naming the classics, nobody, like if I say, dude, I highly recommend Mnemonica. They're like, oh, yeah, so does everybody else, right? Yeah. It doesn't, which... So do people who haven't read it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Woody Aragon's A Book in English has an overwhelming amount of amazing tricks in it. So that's one that I'd recommend. Cool. Yep. Right that, that book uh, has more things you'll use than things you won't. Wow. Yeah. All right. It's cool. a really good book. Yeah. What's your favorite uh, brand? Brand? Yeah. Hmm. Goyard? <laughs> Goyard. Um. Uh, don't say theory 11 (laughs) theory 11 (laughs) i'm just kidding yeah i like theory 11 because we do like dope stuff yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah you guys do it's uh it's very different i Um, meant like fashion brand yeah i like gucci a lot to be honest i do i gucci gucci is great i like their 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 footwear a lot Mm -hmm. um i anything not flashy that's gucci i really like yeah right yeah yeah and it seems like there's like this weird thing where this is a fun little interesting thing i think is that there's like pretty reasonably affordable minimal fashion oh for sure absolutely and then you get to like stuff that regular people who don't spend money on things like this go oh my god that's so expensive and that's like mid-level expensive stuff Mm -hmm. and it's really flashy Mm-hmm. And then you get to like super fucking high end stuff, and yeah. it's all understated. All understated. It's all, all understated. Yep. Because it goes back to again, like people who don't know. Yeah. You know, you don't have to prove anything. Yeah. That's what that logo belt is. It's like yeah. somebody who was like, "Oh yeah, I got my paycheck. I can go buy this thing, so that yeah. people think I'm more than I am." Right. People that really know go, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. 
That's so douchey what I just said. <laughs> 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 so snuffy. So sorry yeah, about that. But okay. yeah, Gucci's, Gucci's great. I love the the horse bit loafers. Just like the really mm. sleek, beautiful. Really cool. Sex. Classic. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, and then the question is, what's the hardest time you were fooled? Or when did you mm. feel like the biggest kick of astonishment? Um, I th- there was a. You said Darren Brown. Okay, but I can't. I won't go into details, but um, you know, I I, I met Michael Weber uh, through my friend Kevin Ho, mm-hmm. and uh, since I've met him, I've had dinner with him a couple times. Sweetest dude, and he's showed me some fucked up shit that <laughs> fucked me up. <laughs> That's all I could say. That sounds good. Yeah, and then there's yeah. And then there's a lot of single one-off things, um, but yeah, I guess as a magician, Weber has fooled me the most. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you doing it. Great. Do you want to plug anything? Do I want to plug anything? Yeah. Um, Magic Camp or New Theory 11 stuff or... Well, I will say this. Uh, monarchs, Theory 11 Monarchs are sensational. Like, they're so amazing. The box looks really nice. The deck looks traditional looking. There's not a trillion colors in it. The faces are standard. If you haven't tried them, like you definitely should. That's like my favorite deck that we make. I think it's definitely my day to day. Love it. Monarchs are great. That's about it. You'll see. You'll see more from me hopefully. Uh, magical these flies and video wise soon. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks so much for listening to Magical Thinking. If you enjoyed the show, head over to patreon.com, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash magicalthinking, and become a patron to support the show and get access to exclusive content. Feel free to interact with me on Patreon, through the Facebook group, which you can find by searching Magical Thinking, or by emailing podcast at artofmagic.com. Follow us on all the social media channels, and tune in every Thursday for a new episode. I'll see you next Thursday. Cheers.